The Viridian Nutrition range of 200 plus award-winning products includes vitamins, minerals, herbs, nutritional oils, specialty supplements, tinctures and balms. All formulated to be helpful, efficacious and pure. By choosing our Viridian Nutrition range, you are one step closer to your goal of 100% wellness. Ethical vitamins with an organic heart. Available at all Browns outlets. Browns and you. There are billions of women passing through similar experiences all around the world and for whatever reason, we often feel like we're alone. It's time to make a point of discussing these topics from a range of viewpoints. These conversations surpass age, race, location. They are relevant to women everywhere. Welcome to The She Word. Conversations that women rarely have, but really should. MAC Cosmetics supports diversity, inclusion, and conscious beauty for all ages, all races, all genders. MAC Cosmetics Malta is proud to support these important conversations. Visit us at Tinye Street, Slima, and let us help you express your true self. And today we're revisiting a conversation that we had in season one of The She Word. In fact, the most popular conversation that we had in The She Word season one, which is women and parenting. But we're going to be looking at different aspects of parenting. And for this show, I'm really excited because I'm joined by Steph Spateri. Hi. How are you? Very well, thank you. And happy to be here. I'm very happy to have you. Of course, I'm imagining that there's no single person on the island who doesn't know who you are. Well, that's pushing it a bit. <laughs> but well, I because do. you are... I do tend to be on TV very often, Il yes. Very often. <laughs> Illuma Steph, you're on every day. Yep. So you're a tel television presenter and producer, but also you're the mother of a 20-year-old son. Yeah. So you have the eldest child of all of the group here at the Very table. Very diplomatically said, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Just the eldest child. The eldest that's child, it. that's all Not I'm saying. That. That's all I'm saying. We're also joined by Melissa. Melissa, this Hi. is your second rodeo with us. Uh, you were with us on the first Women in Parenting show. So for everybody that doesn't know who you are and seeing this for the first time, you are a social media influencer, but you're also the mother of three, mm -hmm. two of which are twins, mm -hmm. and a lovely Maltese husband. Uh, and that's how you're in Malta, because you're actually from South Africa, aren't yeah. you? But this is Malta is now your home. Yes, it is. So <laughs> glad to have you back on the show for a second time. Thank you for time. having me. I'm happy yeah. to be here. And one of the things that you said in the first round of, of this show uh, really stuck with so many people. And I'm looking forward to really touching those topics again in this show. And Michelle, aka Hi. Wandering Four, you're also a social media influencer who is really committed to bringing up your children with very different experiences to what might be considered right. the norm. Yes. So good to have you. I'm so thrilled. I've kind of got a bit of a, a girl fan thing going on because I, I'm <laughs> a follower. Don't. I'm a follower of all three of you. So it, I feel like, you know, I'm surrounded by celebrities, which is brilliant. <laughs> so just to start off, I'm going to ask Steph, just give us a little bit of background about you and your parenting situation. Um, if I had to say something, you introduced me as a presenter and producer and mother, and I would put that first. Because no matter how many things I've done, no matter how many things I've achieved, being a mother takes first and foremost place because somehow nothing else, you know, brings itself up to measure. So I'm a mother. Um, I only have one boy. He's 20 now. He's at uni. He's got exams presently. And obviously the situation's a bit stressed at home, um, <laughs> but um, otherwise he's, he's a sweet boy. He's grown up with me since he was very young. In fact, um, a lot of people used to call him my shadow because I've always used to take him with me to work wherever possible. He knows, you know, like he met so many different people, so many celebrities, so many. It's like, and he wouldn't know who they are and he'd go, hello, like, and he'd, <laughs> he'd like be on. And then I go. <laughs> like, he's a person like, oh okay like as if you know like at that age um but somehow now i'm very pleased that he's coming to work with me as well he's doing um, graphics oh, wow. like in in the studio as well so just to you know make a, a bit of money and at the same time learn 
So we go to work together. He just started driving and he drives me to work. I have a chauffeur. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's okay. I make it, wait, wait, I'm making it sound like a fairy tale. It's not, obviously. I've had, I've had a lot of hardships, but I'm very thankful for the present situation. Well, like I say, you, you have the eldest of, of the children, at the, of the mothers at the table, and I'm looking forward to kind of learning from your experiences. Uh, Melissa, just put into context your parenting situation. So I've got two and a half year old twins, and then I've got Savannah, who is almost six years old. So my kids are still quite young which makes me feel very excited about today because I feel like I can learn from you two. Um, but yeah, so they are still very young. Everything is obviously new to me as well. And um, yeah, I'm just excited to hear your stories today as well. Well, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you. For and as I me. mentioned before, Women in Parenting was a show that really hit so many women and the response was phenomenal mm -hmm. because, of course, I think it's very emotive for women and the topics that we'll be talking about today are very emotive. And for you, Michelle, your situation, your parenting situation. Well, I am a mother of two, uh, Nino, who's 11, and Lucia, that is nine. I feel like I have two children but they are completely opposite and which makes parenting quite adventurous because they are night and day um, uh, and we have a passion for travel and that has helped influence the way I parent my children along with my husband as well and as well I am very excited because I love hearing different aspects of how mothers deal with their children everyday life and you, there's always room for learning and this for me is also a learning curve well it's a massive learning curve for me because i don't have children and i've really enjoyed the first parent women in parenting show because i'm living vicariously through you guys and i feel like i'm learning about being a parent through you guys so i'm going to kick off with saying that the last edition as i mentioned women in parenting we had three guests uh, and you guys very on that i'm referring to you melissa that mm -hmm. show was very much about sort of becoming a parent, yeah. giving birth. There was an awful lot about giving birth yeah. <laughs> in that show and also what it's like to be a new parent. Yeah. Now, today we're looking at a very different situation. We've got a, a, child, a child range between 20 and... and two and three, a half. Two and a half. So we've got 18 years. So some of the, the topics that we're going to cover today kind of cover that whole range. And we're looking at what it, what it is like to be a parent tackling those topics. So I want to start off with statistics uh, that I've looked into in preparing for this show. And one of the statistics are what, uh, I asked what are parents most concerned about in 2023? Parents of kids between seven and 15 say that their biggest fear is the internet and social media. Which was the biggest concern overall for parents? For parents whose teens are of a driving age or even a little bit older, Car safety and safety when they're out is their biggest worry. So we can talk about whether that's for you or not. But I also looked into what is the hardest year to parent a child. And I'm dying to know if this is true. In fact, uh, age eight has been regarded as the toughest oh. uh, of the majority oh. of 2,000 parents who responded to a 2020 survey. Uh, it was said that... Uh, Eight was the hardest year, whilst age six was better, and unexpectedly, uh, age seven produced the most intense tantrums. You see, I've really looked into this. I'm lying to know. But, but Steph I, I is... I wouldn't agree with most of them. Because, <laughs> but, but, but then again, I think we all have our own stories, because exactly. each child is different, you exactly. know? I'm, I'm hearing you say, I'm looking forward to learning, but you, no matter how many books you read, no, exactly. many, no matter how many things you hear, you have to face face each situation as it comes mm -hmm. and you're never prepared you know I mean like there are situations which just happen like instantly and what do you do do you go and look it up in, a, in an encyclopedia yeah, or, on, or on google you don't you just have to face it and and try and and see and I don't know think and say okay what would my parents would have what would have they have done because mm. I mean I had very simple parents my father was a policeman my mother was a was a housewife I was brought up like very strict at home. My father was very disciplined because he was a policeman at work and he used to get it home with him. And growing up, I used to hate, hate it because I used to feel my friends had all the liberty and I didn't. 
However, it taught me a hell of a lot, you mm -hmm. know. I grew up. I became who I am because of my upbringing. Mm -hmm. So really and truly, whenever I make a decision, I always try and keep in mind what my parents would have done. And I try to go along. Mm -hmm. so But Steph, you've just hit the nail on the head for the first kind of area topic that I wanted to go into, which was I read on social media recently, which is, of course, where we get all of our wisdom. I read <laughs> that it is impossible to bring up children in 2022 or 2023 in the same way that we were brought up because we're not living in the same times. And I suddenly I thought to myself, wow, that's that's quite powerful because the world has changed so much since I was a child. So if I was if I was a parent now, where how would I be conveying the values that I had when I was a child. And that's the kind of topic that I want to just start with. What are the biggest, we're going to talk about values in a second, which you've just touched on. You've been See, reading my questions. I read You've been looking over the top. But what are the biggest challenges? So I, I want to touch on that. The challenges that, that, don't even think about it too hard, but that challenge that you like, geez. So I'm going to start with you. What is the biggest challenge, Michelle, for you right now as a parent? For me, I think it would be the way that we are bringing up our children and what you think you're doing to help your child be ready for the world. And then you send your children out into the world, namely, for example, my son has just started secondary school. And you think you're prepared, but you're not because they are facing so many challenges And because my parenting style is different than other parents out there, that my son deals and reasons with the situation completely different. So if, like Steph, I believe that our children should be taught old school, but then at the same time make, making it your own in this modern world, there are parents out there who are completely teaching their children completely different. And, the, and so my son has to be able to deal with these things that I thought I had prepared him for. So it's this challenge of thinking that you are prepared and you've done the best. And then you go there and your son comes back home with a whole new situation that you haven't been prepared for. Which is exactly what you just said, Steph, where you're kind of writing the script as you go. Is that right? You're not, you're, I mean, the situations just unfold front mm. of your eyes you know no matter what no matter what you say no matter what you prepare you prepare a lecture and you say if he does this mm. i will do this mm. and then something happens and you just have to you know like if there maybe he, he says something and it's wrong or he does something and you disagree but maybe you're not at home or maybe there are friends or so you also always have to adapt mm -hmm. to this to the situation at hand also depending also on the state you know, like on the mood, you know, because if, for example, he, I don't know, maybe he's unwell, let's put it this way. Uh, my son's asthmatic, so he's always going through these coughing fits. And obviously at that stage, I know he's more sensitive and he's he's, he's kind of weaker. And I, and I, you know, I try to empathize even more. So if he does something wrong when he's got these coughing fits, I'm not going to go and, you know, like start hollering away about it because obviously I know he's already... I, so every situation, every day, even if he's done something today which is wrong and then the next day which is wrong again, I'll probably treat it in a different way. Mm. And to be honest, by at this age now, I feel, I know it goes against the, the norm, but I do feel like he's a friend rather than my son. I know you're not supposed to have a friend, you're supposed to have a son, but he is my son. But now he's a friend as well because we do talk about everything. And I, I've had... I mean, I've been separated for 18 years, so I he spent so much time with me, you know, being mom and son, mom and daughter, mom and son, mom and son. I was going to say I said daughter actually, <laughs> no, because he went through all the all the phases with me, you know, how he's seen me put, applying makeup, he's been with me to work, he's seen me crying, he, you understand, he's been with me through so many things that um, now there isn't a place. For me to get angry so much because like I just tell him Mike should you would you yeah. are you are mm -hmm. you are you sure you're doing and then like that's enough kind of thing you know but you can rationalize with your son because he's he's older 20 well. yes yeah. now coming back to Melissa yeah. I mean it's a completely different story yeah yeah where your kids I, I mean I've been there 
of yeah, course. Exactly. Like I'm at the stage where I am not your friend, you know, but that yes. obviously I can imagine happens when they get older and when they become an adult. But for me, I obviously have to really enforce discipline and make sure that I'm doing it the correct way. I don't always know what the correct way is. And like you said, I can't just quickly go and read through my manual to see whether it's the right yeah. way or not. Sometimes you have to deal with the situation when you are in it and you have to do something right now. And I mean, you hear this term gentle parenting a lot. And believe me, I really what is want... That term? Gentle parenting is basically where, like, we've spoken about this We had this, this conversation. <laughs> um, Have you heard of this, Beth? Now it's positive parenting. Positive we're, we're, parenting yes. as well. Parenting. Basically like, the same thing. So we're promoting you, it as well. Like all the time. It's not very easy to enforce that. And that's like, you don't say no to your child, you know. You'd rather sit them down and, you know have a conversation with them, you know, like person to person, not mother to child, really, and um, not raising your voice. Sometimes, don't get me wrong, I do not like to raise my voice, but sometimes you are just human and it happens, you know. I, so, I think sometimes it's also very unrealistic. It though, is. I do find they, it. They say, don't say no to your child because no is a negative term. Yeah. But I always say, so if you are walking down the street and your child decides to run into the street, the first instinct is to shout and to say, stop, no. You're not going to be like, darling, please don't do that. That's not very good for yeah. you. And if you, by the time you said that, something fatal has happened. So the instinct as a mother is to, to, do, to shout and to protect your child. And sometimes, you know, yes, we have to be careful how we discipline. But gentle parenting sometimes does not work well you did a good grief we've been at this what 10 minutes and this whole bunch of topics has suddenly exploded but you have going from challenges have led nicely into this idea of values because even when you're talking about not saying no to your child mm -hmm. you mentioned right at this the beginning Steph about the values that you grew up with and instilling those values into your son and of course that then is also part of discipline so as you've just mentioned, I, I, you know, I, I didn't even know about this gentle parenting, but there's so many different ways of parenting these days from 20 or 30 or in my case, 40 years ago when I was growing up. But how do you how if you if if the trend is to be gentle or even yeah. if if it's something you're not subscribed to, how do you instill those values? Because the values are what we carry into adulthood and they are the, the, the toolbox that we will need for the rest of our lives. How, how do you do that without saying no? I'm, I don't know. I mean, I always used to work on the approval kind of thing. I don't know how to explain it. So if... Once again, my situation was a bit different because, like I said, he was always running around and he saw me when I was at work. So at work, I had like this, these rules and regulations which you had to abide to. You can't exactly walk in, you know, mid-program mid and go, mommy. So, you know, you can't. So we had these, like I had to set rules to start with. Obviously, mm -hmm. okay, we can talk, but when I'm on air, you cannot talk to me. So he's, and, uh, but somehow it used to be like, I, I always... Whenever he, I used to work on the star system. I don't even know whether it's appropriate anymore, whether it's acceptable or whether it's a good idea. When you do something right, I give you a star. And we work towards buying something. He used to have this, this collection of Rubik's cubes and there was always another Rubik's cube which he wanted. So basically I used to have this, this um, sheet stuck to the fridge with squares. And uh, for example, when we arrived home, I, I have um, these kind of, home rules like you take off your shoes when you take off your clothes you put them in the laundry basket and since he was young they used to be the stars like okay you take off your good one go I and think that's great go and put a sticker yeah. and then like laundry but oh no mike no laundry basket today no star yeah. oh i'll put them in now i want a star no you didn't put them in and it was it used to work with everything you did your homework Ooh, i think you deserve two stars today and obviously i used to make you're it a like, cool mom i know, <laughs> no, we had, we had cool, you know and then obviously like the the, the rubik's cube you, you had to work for it i had to get an amount of stars he didn't get it easily but then once we actually go to the to the toy shop to buy this he goes with the stars with the paper of the stars and he's showing them because i worked for this for the last three weeks or a month and he used to feel so, so happy with it. So I worked on always the fact that kind of 
again, I'm not saying it was the right thing, but you get rewarded if you do it. I did lose it a few times. But when you consider the amount of years, I don't think I've lost it. I, I lost it once he stole one, one lira from me. And that was, that was horrible. He lost all his stars. He lost, he lost everything. I didn't talk to him for three days. He wanted sweets, and I said, no, no more sweets, enough. And he stole one lira. I'm saying lira because it was before Euro. Yeah. Mm. And I caught him, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I think he can still hear my voice vibrating <laughs> till today. That was bad. But I don't think that that's bad, bad either because that taught him no, a lesson. Exactly. No, but, 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 but I wanted to make it a point yes, that you do, if, exactly. you, if someone tells you no, there's a reason. So yeah. you don't, you know, create there's your own rules. There's going to be consequences. And he actually took one lira from my wallet and I realized. So it was, but I think I'm, that was one of the worst. What I'm hearing though as well is that... I mean, you have a one-to-one -one relationship with your son. You have an incredible relationship with your son, which is amazing. It sounds like, you know, I, I don't know where this whole thing... I've never seen the parenting Bible, but if there's somewhere where it says Haven't you can't either. be... <laughs> there you go. But somewhere where it says you can't be friends with your child, I, I, I would I I'm sure I've, I'm sure I've made loads of mistakes along the way. But, you know, you just try and, and, and make it work. But I'm going to There bring... were days when I did wrong things and I went and I apologized exactly as a that, that's, that's very important well let, let me bring that into the context because these ladies are, are, are nodding and, and you know agreeing with you but my point was that you have a one-to-one -one relationship with your son which is great and that reward system is fantastic how do you manage because you're you're nodding and Melissa you're saying yes 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 mm -hmm. but how do you manage that parenting when you bring that into the context of three or two because then you add complications to the dynamic i only had one so. i i don't manage that i i really want to but with savannah my eldest i had that type of relationship for the first three years but then when the twins came along and it wasn't just one child that she had to compete with it was two so up until today i still have um, challenges with her because she's fighting for my attention constantly which I don't blame her you know I really do try and give that attention to each of them individually but I can't give them the individual attention like I did for Savannah in the beginning so now I try and make a point of it to spend um, solo time with each yeah. of them so I would take one to the park and the other two would stay with um, Daniel my husband or I would take uh, Sienna, one of the twins, um, I had to take her to the dentist the one day and she was walking around like she struck the lottery because she was, <laughs> she was alone. Herself. She was literally walking like this because she was alone <laughs> because they're not used yeah. to it, you know? So I think individual attention when I can is what they obviously need. So that's what I try and give to them. But when we are at home, oh my goodness, they are all on top of my head trying to get my attention. And it's obviously tough for me as well. Because I can't give it to them. So. But then how do you bring these values? We started off talking about values and stuff. And we, we'll talk about discipline a bit more in a second. But you brought these values in for your son mm -hmm. through a reward mechanism and through and your positive, communication and the positive, positive reinforcement. Yes. But, but values and discipline are, are, I mean, doesn't take a genius. And, and even I can work out that they, they're hand in hand. Yeah. So coming to you for a second there, Michelle, how do you instill values, consistent values, when your life gets complicated, when you've got, as you were saying, it's never consistent. There's always a new challenge. How do you make sure that you never compromise on those values? Because obviously that's going to affect discipline as well. I, I always try and reason with my children. Whether How old are they? 11 and 9. Does that work? Well, it, it works if you do it from an early age. Okay. Because okay. you are speaking to them, explaining to them. Obviously, their concept of, of understanding something is, is different according to their age. But I always try to explain to them. And I always explain to them that whatever you do in life, there's going to be a consequence. Even if you do something good, the consequences are still mm -hmm. going to be good. But if you're going to do something bad, you can't expect something good to come out of mm -hmm. it. And lately, my, my, my son has just come out from a three-month punishment. I took his PC and everyone, that's the reaction. No, I'm going good on you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> it was very hard. But I told him, I will give you the PC back when I see a change. Yeah. So it can take two weeks. 
it can take a year. It all depends on you. You have to work on yourself to make your to change your attitude towards something towards some things that he was not doing right. There's no point in me yelling, shouting, because it's not going to work with him. I know that. So I told him, you work. I need to see the work. When I know that you've really changed, not for me, for you, because at the end of the day, my job is to make sure that you grow up a decent human being. And this is what I have to do. When When I see the work you've put into this, then I will reward you because for everything, you have to work hard. It's this reward. Yes. Before it was stars. Today it's electronics. So mm-hmm. and and this and people have a big problem with electronics. In my opinion, if you use them wisely, they can be a great asset to your to bringing up children, mm-hmm. because you can control how they use it, when they use it, and how much time they spend on it, and it's what they really want. We're going to touch on that as well because that is another one of the questions that you've obviously read already. (laughs) But sticking with the values before we talk about discipline, because I'm loving this, I'm absolutely loving this. Sticking with this idea of values for you, going back to what you were saying, how do you consistently bring home those values? Like I keep going back to what Steph said, the situation changes all the time and you aren't faced with a a repeat where you can keep instilling it. it. Is it rewards like these guys? Is it... To be honest with you... With the twins, I still find it hard, obviously, because they are young. Mm. So they a lot of what they see is from Savannah. So Savannah is the one that she's basically my guinea pig, you know, like everything that I'm learning is through her. So it's very similar to what you said as well. Um, It is electronics because that is the biggest punishment that she can have. Um, which makes me feel sad sometimes to think, but that is the the day and age that we are living in. And um, I think it was maybe 2021, I read something about, it's not necessarily the quantity, it's the quality of what they are exposed to. And, you know, like what they're Mm. watching, if it's overstimulating, Mm. if it's, especially with younger kids, I'm I'm sure even, Yes, even what they watch. Like we make sure that like a a lot of his friends play certain video games and we do not allow it. And sometimes he's the only one from a group of five kids, six kids that doesn't play certain games or doesn't have a certain app because parents allow it. And it's become the norm yeah. that, oh, because the kids today, that's how they are today. So we've accepted this idea that just because that's how it is, so we give in and that's, we let them have whatever they want. Whereas in our household, it's different. You are not of age. I always ask him, how old? When you go and purchase an app, how, what is the age? And it says 13 plus, 14 plus. How old are you? Mm-hmm. 11. I'm sorry, you can't have it, but my friends have it. I'm sorry, but you just yeah. cannot have it. And it's difficult for them because it's it can be very isolating for the children because all the children are talking about this game that you have to be 15 plus and there's my son and he's like, yeah, but he doesn't know this yet, but in the future it will serve him well. And that's where it said the quality. Well, see, Steph's probably the best person to answer in the future it will serve you well because... I believe it does. Because your son is 20, so your son was, was experiencing... I remember when he was about three, must have been four, we went out for, for dinner. And a friend of ours told me, Isaac Hitler. Mm. He told me, you're like Hitler. And I told him, excuse me. He told me, like, he keeps asking, like, can I, may I go out and play? May I do this? Mom, may I get a Coke? Mom, may I do this? He told me, Isaac Hitler. And I told him, well he's my son I do the best I can and that's what I believe in Mm. about a year ago we met for dinner and his son who's the same age was talking to his mom as if she's a piece of whatever you know like Mm. zooming him like like this Lars my son talks to me like that you know there's no way because at the end of the day respect was as the most from day one I respect him but he has to respect me so whether I'm Hitler or whether I'm not, um, it was something which I've instilled and which I'm very pleased So about. it paid off. I so do everything believe that, it did. that Mich- um, Michelle is saying over there pays off. You're proof that it pays off. 
Mm-hmm. But I don't want to make it sound like everything's perfect because no. it, it sounds like no. oh, it, it's not. There are a lot of. There are I have no of, doubt. But don't you? But don't <laughs> you think that parent, parenting today? I, I, a lot of, a lot of people say this. Oh, the kids are not the same. But they put the blame on the kids, whereas it's the parenting. Parents have become so lazy to discipline their children mm-hmm. just because the majority of them are not doing it. So it's. Are they lazy or is this a question of our world has become so busy? Because I, as a, as a non-parent, I see parents today, I see how I was brought up. My mum didn't work. My mum really, you know, her job, her role was to look after us. Parents today are so much more busy than my It might be a mixture were. of both, to yes. be honest. Yeah. It might be both, I think. But you are right that nowadays our lives are very busy, you know. So but that doesn't, shouldn't stop you from no. disciplining your child. Because no. at the end of the day, if you don't discipline your child, you are sending a child into the world without values, without morals, without principles. This is, this is your job as a parent is to, to discipline your child. Yes, in those three months, my mind, he completely was, in, you know... You couldn't take all the moaning. It's much mm. easier. But you never gave in. You exactly. must have had a moment where you wanted yes. to give in. Yes, and I, I, I contemplate, but out of my selfishness, because it would stop. Yes. I would not have a headache anymore, and I would not have to listen to, Mom, please, I can't have it. Be-. So yes. out of selfishness, you give in. But because it's much easier to give a, a child at his tablet, and they're quiet for two hours, and you get your job done. But it, it takes a lot more strength to stick it, stick to the punishment and for him and for you because at the end of the day if I say this is what's going to happen if you do this or you don't do that he knows I'm going to stick to my words but if I say oh I'm going to give you a punishment you're never going to see this PC and then two weeks later there you go you can have it so I'm going to come to this thing we're talking about technology and it's one of the topics I really want to to really embrace because you mentioned just back there Steph about your son wanted to go out and play your son wanted to have a coke your son wanted to have this and what I understand as a non-parent that now and you've just mentioned it I'm going to come to you first mm-hmm. Melissa that this thing of technology is a 2023 issue that is burning for every parent yes because you've just said about age limits you've said about uh, you know your son is is 20 so you've gone he, through he hit that technology hit him when it was about 10 11 that's mm. that's when it he always had a computer at home because we used to i mean i had it for work as well so he used to play like these games and simple games but he was never it was never as challenging as it is today and he actually started when he was about um, 10 or 11 years old and uh, and I think that's when the problems with technology started social everywhere. media started back then like yeah well, and, and he mean, wasn't a, that, it's just he wanted to play games you know because oh. his friends wanted were playing games and he Tablets. wants to play games with yeah. him and stuff like yeah. that yeah. and that's when it started when he was about 10 11 prior to that there were other situations because everything I mean there's always a phase you know how mm-hmm. so you know, it was TV before, mm-hmm. like again, SpongeBob coming out of my ears, and you I've know, still never like, seen SpongeBob. I still don't know what that is. Please, I can tell you <laughs> by word what they say. I'd rather take SpongeBob than Coco Melon because that's what we had to deal with. What? And then the show is called Coco Melon, and nope. that that is actually where I was reading up about the whole rather um, give them quantity than you know bad quality, and that's bad quality mm-hmm. because that is overstimulating, bright colors. There's the, you know, like karaoke, they they write the song words at the bottom of the screen. So that is moving. There's movement all over the TV. And my daughter, she was one at the time. She was sitting like this. I could, I could not get her eyes off that TV. And then when you switch it off, screaming, going crazy. And I had to completely wean them off that. Because I used to put the TV on between four and five while cooking dinner. Because I needed to have that time to, you know, just get dinner ready for for the family. And it was chaos when I had to switch it off. So that's when I started seeing like, okay, there's a problem here. And then I started um, introducing a different show, which is not overstimulating, which is completely different to that. And they, they just completely flipped in a positive way. So, but does the same then apply for 
because I don't know, for media devices as well. Because you mentioned that Savannah is, your words, almost addicted to, to these devices. I mean, this is, we know that these devices hit the brain in certain ways yes. to create the right chemicals to keep you engaged mm. just the same way that social media does exactly. all of those yeah, things exactly. because the objective is to keep you engaged mm-hmm. how the heck do you deal with that with a six-year-old or a three-year-old or a nine-year-old or 11-year-old and of course we'll come to you at the end there for words of wisdom Steph because you've gone through <laughs> that journey please keep it going no no no, no words of wisdom here but, but Melissa, how do you set the guideline? We, I mean, it's is it tough. all bad or is it is some of it good? I mean, at this point, I know you said example like, you know, sometimes it can be used for good. I, at this point, feel like in our household, it's negative. And I don't want to lie when I say that. It, it does affect Savannah. I can't really say the twins because once again, they don't have a tablet. They don't watch um, kids YouTube or anything like that. But when Savannah has the tablet, she changes. Mm. She changes instantly. To what? From what to what? Whiny. Um, mm. She, yeah. They, she would even sometimes smack the door. Shame, I don't want to talk bad about Savannah, but she would do that. This is from a tablet? Yes. And what they watch. It's the same. Exactly. It's the same in our household. It, it makes them aggressive. Mm. Because what? Because I had read an article where it said the way that that it it is portrayed for children is instant gratification. Yes. So I don't want to watch this. Skip. Yes, I yes, like yes. this. I don't like this. That's why. That's why we have YouTube Shorts. That's why we have Reels. That's because everything is instant. I want to watch this, but it's taking too much of my time. Swipe. Do this, and the kids learn from what they watch that, you know, I I want to watch this, and I I don't like this, so I'm going to turn change it over you can't be creative anymore exactly but you just said swipe and immediately taking the conversation back maybe 10 or 15 minutes you talked about swiping of course what is the thing that we use that term for is tinder Mm. where you swipe left or right Mm. which you're talking about instant gratification when it comes to relationships this is the values and the and the 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 morals that we're teaching our children and you're talking about instant gratification Mm. this is phenomenal i i this is new to me and for example in our I when I say this, I say it in our household because it it works for us. It doesn't mean it's going to work for all their yeah. families. Our children are not allowed to use electronics during the week. Yes, because so. one, we don't have time for them to be on their on on their electronics, and when they know they can use the electronics, it becomes a race against time to ha- to get their hands on the electronics. So the work that you're doing in be- in, in the meantime is not because I'm doing the work because this is what I need to be doing now. I'm doing this so I can get on my iPad. Mm. So during the week, they don't have it. Then on the weekends, if you've done your homework, if you've helped, you can have it. Sure, there are mornings, many mornings they wake up, they sneakily go in their bed, they take the tablet and they're watching. And then that's where the selfishness comes in. I want to, I want to have a lion. I don't want to start yelling, have you done your homework yet? So I pretend I'm sleeping a bit more. But then when <laughs> we wake up, okay, come on, let's start. But, but this is the thing. This is how it works for our family. We've eliminated during the week. And we're very careful as to watch what they watch, what they play, and who they play with. In in some parents' books, I'm a mean parent because how can how it's it's the, it's going back it to your Hitler. Yes, mm. exactly. How why MC again? Why not give it to them? It's too much. That's it, it's today's world. That's how it is. Maybe, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to keep trying and u- using this method because when we when we are are off school. They need to be occupied. If we leave them on the tablet for the whole three months, they would just stay inside for the whole three yeah. months. So what? So just because we don't have school now, we allow this free will of using the iPad as much as you want. There has to be a cut of time. There has to be a, a routine that goes towards using this. And this is where positive behavior comes from. You do your work, of course. You have... You have your duties, you have to do your bed, you have to help out with the chores, you have studying. 
But then when you do that, then yes, you can have your own time in using it. Can I play devil's advocate for a second? And I'm going to apologize before I say this, because again, this is coming from a point of view of someone who's never gone through this journey with a child. But if we've heard about this reward system, which works, it worked for me as a child, it works for your children. And I'm not questioning that. That fundamentally is a great system. But we've also talked about media devices being possible to engage negative behavior, to bring out negative behavior. So why is the reward for good behavior to give to a child something that's going to instill bad behavior? It just as I'm making it really simple and I'm not meaning to be argumentative. No, not at all. No, it's, I, I mean, think because they love it so much. Yeah, and because... But does that make it good? Uh, no, but you also can't take it away from them completely because that is unfortunately what it is like nowadays, you know? Our rewards when we were young used to be a packet of sweets, which we liked. Exactly. Or a, a nice book, which I was craving for. Uh, now, if you give them a bucket of sweets, it's probably bad because it's bad for the teeth anyway. You wouldn't even so consider you, you, so, giving it anyway. So you're There's not even no allowed way. to do that. Yeah. And if you give him a book, he'll tell you, oh, I have so many of those for school. So it's yeah. like, you know how, so if it, you have to, at the end of the day, uh, if you, your reward is a day at the spa, it's useless for me to tell you, okay, let me take you to a library. If, if it's what you enjoy yeah, today that's at, the spa, it's, yeah. it's like at any age and th that age that's what they like you know I mean I've had this because I've lived with this I'll tell you just a short story I I never left him at home till he was about 14 um, approximately and then unfortunately my mom um, got sick and I had to start leaving at home, him at home alone when I couldn't take him with me to work and he used to have to do his work his homework some of it on the lap on the pc I had a pc at the time not a laptop on the pc now I used to leave him alone make sure that he has to do his work and I used to go to work for the program and then I come back home and one day I went in and I logged in um, after a day or two and I realized that in the history he was playing instead mm. of doing because you know in the pc history you can check mm. So the, the third day when he came home, I left for work. And after a while, he called me and told me, Ma, I'm looking for the mouse. Where is it? I told him it's in my handbag. Which handbag? <laughs> I told him I took it with me to work. Why? I told him because without, a, a le um, without the mouse, you can't play. You have to study and mm. do your work. So for a month, I took the mouse with me to work. Mm. Yeah, so it's the same That's as when brilliant. you... Yeah. My son went to school. He came back from, you from, my, from my, school. My and work bag. And you find a mouse running around every yeah. day. It's like, hello. <laughs> yeah, this, my, the same. When we decided to take his PC, he, I didn't tell him what I was going to do. He went to school and he's really proud of his like gaming PC. He's got a, a keyboard that lights up and all this. And he came back and his desk was empty. There was nothing on it. And he's like, they robbed us, Ma. Oh, my goodness. That, that's, I was like, no, you're not, you're not having your PC. And then comes the, why? This is not fair. How can, how can you do this to me? Who am I going to play with now? And then comes all of this. And as I said, it's not easy to stick to your guns and say, I'm going to do this. But then after the three months, he himself realized because he told me even I even my attitude was annoying my friends. And I said, really? see, there you go. I said, if I had let you, if I did not discipline you and take the things that you love the most, it wouldn't make a difference to you. Because if I, for example, if I tell Lucia, you can't play with Lego for t for three months. Oh, her world would crash completely. Lego. Lego. Because she loves it. She's a creative child. She loves to play. Whereas if I told Nino you can't have Lego for three months, he'd be like, so what? But so they play online with their friends, right? Yes. See, so that's also even a, a form of socializing for exactly. them. Exactly. And then you get these messages on, on Teams and he's like, can you come and play? Can you come and play? And, and then I feel sorry because he's like, I can't play. I don't have a PC. And then comes the, what? I can imagine. Well, and then him explaining to him and even the fact that he has to explain because I, I, I told him, I said, if they ask you why, go on and tell them why. Wow. <laughs> Listen, you talked about school. <laughs> I'm going to transmit this conversation into the school theme as well because you've just talked about friends. You mentioned about your son coming back 
to do his schoolwork and having no mouse. I love that. <laughs> I'm just like, go girlfriend. I love the fact that your son thought he'd been robbed. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> um, I'm going to start with you, Melissa, because school has been mentioned, but it's also an incredibly important part yeah. of a child's life, which means it's an incredibly important part of parenting. I, again, from my perspective, I see a huge amount of emphasis mm -hmm. on which school a child goes to, how their grades are, what they're doing, where they're going, where they're potentially going to be studying, and how much schoolwork they have. Probably more than when I was a child. Uh, I sort of grew up in the era where you just, you know, kick you out and <laughs> you walked two miles to school. And if you made it home by Blue Peter, you were fine. Um, <laughs> but is, you're going to I do not first. fall in that category of being overly concerned which school, which school my kids go to. And I, I'm not like that. I sent my kid to school two blocks away from where we are in a public school. Um, we don't speak Maltese at home. So for me, it was very important that she would be able to learn that at school. It was important for me to be close to the school as well, because the amount of times the, the, the school calls and says, you have to come and pick up your daughter because she's sick, or you have to come and pick up your daughter because she had an accident. I do not want to drive 20, 30 minutes to a school to go and pick her up. So for us, it was very important to be able to have our daughter and the twins close to where we are because we live in Maliha. So we are, you know, all the way up there. And for me, I think, especially at their age now, it's more important to learn through physical experiences mm -hmm. rather than sitting at a desk and learning, you know. Um, I mean, my daughter is five years old and she's getting homework every single day. And yeah. to she's me, how old? I'm getting homework. Five. And she, because she's year one now. So I think in Malta, it's already, they, they start But how much one, homework? I mean, two pages, but to me, it's too much. But how long does that take? Obviously, if I had to do it, it would take me 30 seconds. But for her, she's learning everything, so it does take longer. And when she comes back home from school, she cries because she says, I just want to sit down and relax. And, and I play. honor that feeling and play because and play. I wanted to. You know, but that's in preparation for when it gets worse as well. Exactly, because exactly. now it's two pages, and then it's becoming four, and then it's exactly. becoming my ten, and then is, it's becoming a project, and yes. then it's becoming. My daughter is nine, and last time she had fourteen pages yeah. of homework. That's why I was so angry. I, I was this close to going and speak to the teacher, but I know it's not. You're not going to mm -hmm. get anywhere. But I'm like, when? When is this human, tiny human being yes. expected to enjoy her? We are instilling this busy life yes. that they come back from from school, change, eat, shower, then start your homework because you have to be because we want them to be in bed at a decent time. In our household, eight thirty, you have to be in bed. You eight thirty, I'm in bed. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> but but sometimes they have so much homework that I say, okay, stop the homework. So we can have dinner together, watch some TV, and then you go and either you do it in the morning or you tell your teacher, I'm sorry, I didn't have time to do it. It's wrong because the teacher is just like, you didn't have time to do homework, but it's this constant bombarding our children with homework, whereas they don't realize how important play is mm -hmm. and spending time with your family and eating around the dinner table and talking about it rather than hurry up because you still have to finish your homework. But Steph just mentioned this is preparation for what is to come. And and you, know know what, you know what makes it even worse as well? Apart from the actual uh, academic studies, then we have, I don't know, ballet or extracurricular like or football or karate yeah. or or uh, table tennis or whatever. And apart apart from making time for those things, those become a competition as well. Exactly. Where those, in those things, they have to excel as well. Yes. So you're trying to do your best at school. You're trying to do your best in piano lessons. I don't know, whatever your, your, your child yeah. fancies. But the thing is that they're always in competition. And I... I I hate that because mm -hmm. th that's something that I always used to tell him. Okay, you want to pl you want to try? We've tried all different sports. I mean, I I must have bought all different kinds of <laughs> equipment because first with the football, so by the shins and the football, blah blah, <laughs> and then after a while, uh, okay, we try karate. So we go by the the kit of karate, and then we try, uh, you know how. Anyway, the thing is that I never wanted 
that part of his life to become a competition because he's got enough with school. Mm. So at least the yeah. extracurricular activities, in my opinion, should not be competitive. Now, but if they, you're if you are excelling and you're so good and you're being pushed, then it's a different story. But I don't see why all these clubs and like you have to be first and yeah. make sure. And they they don't practice a sport for the sake of practicing a sport. For example, my daughter loves to sing and she loves she loves to sing and she loves to dance. But you can't do it just for fun. You have to do it because then you've got an exam and then you've got someone coming to see if you're doing the singing properly and you're doing this. So everything becomes an exam. Everything becomes a chore. So so the idea of doing something just for the fun of it is completely obliterated in the kid's mind because it goes school, which is a lot for them at, at, at that age, at any age, it's a lot. There's a lot of pressure. And then if you want to do something for fun, which obviously we want to send them to, then you have to buy the uniform. Then you've got the exam. Then you have to make sure you're there for the game, the competitive game. So everything is... We, we, there's one question that I really want to touch on. And again, I'm not wanting to be contentious or difficult, but when do children in 2023 have the opportunity to be bored? And the reason I say bored is because creativity is quite often born from boredom. Mm -hmm, You're bored, you've got nothing to do, Mm -hmm. you find something to to do. do. And that's, again, I'm talking about 40 years ago, but that's how we were brought up. We were not allowed to have television from this time to this time. Mm. You're bored. You don't know what to do. You're going to go and find something. Do kids, does your son, did he ever have time to be bored? Mm. I mean, sometimes we go through phases of inventing something. I mean, like um, he he, he likes to doodle as well. So even though, for example, he'd be in a lecture, has to doodle because he gets very nervous. So he's always drawing like at one stage, it was like these symmetric shapes and stuff like that. But it would be alongside something else you know how and then we'd go into this phase like he wanted this i don't know like a drawing pad and an electronic drawing pad and we got that and he started drawing on the computer and stuff like that it's a phase but no i mean i wouldn't say for example i remember when i was young i used to do crochet and and knitting and but we're talking about a number a number <laughs> of years ago i don't even think they know what what knitting needles look like anymore you know so i know yes. you know but, but this is a reality you know i had knitting at school so. yeah. <laughs> i never had it at school but i used to find it very rewarding that i used yes. to create something yeah. exactly i used to make a cap and then like show it off and feel yeah. like it's the most beautiful you know chanel better than chanel <laughs> cap. but those were things because i used to do on a person level and i used to love them i don't think unfortunately that now i mean growing up he used to do a lot of cards for mother's day for, for yes, my birthday you know for my mother for, for you know he used to do a lot of these things but those were school mm-hmm. and then we used to do them at home we used to do papier mache at home and stuff yes. like that i remember doing these things and doing you know with the with the spaghetti and this I used to invent, I used to look up things, I had bought books. Uh, things have changed because mm-hmm. obviously now it feels like a lifetime ago because he's 20, I haven't done those things for a while. But again, before I wanted to point out something, but the conversation went a bit astray because we were saying we're very, very busy and like we tend to not be disciplined because we're busy. I think, yes, I, I, I think I'm one of the busiest people I know because I tend to work till midnight every day like I carry on working but what what suffers rather I try what suffers rather than me with him is for example sometimes I don't have to cook time to cook Mm -hmm. so what I do is I have I don't cook every day I cook on Saturday I make like I call it Salvic Victory Kitchen I make like pasta and then we have for Saturday and for example, Monday, because Sunday I'll have time to do something, Monday and Tuesday. So I don't cook. So that at least gives me another hour to my set to work. Uh, if it's if it's clothes, I usually hang the clothes at midnight and like iron wow. clothes at midnight because I don't have time to do these things. Mm-hmm. But you have to find priorities because, yes, we are very busy. And yes, I believe the house suffers to a certain extent. I mean, I have all these new house gadgets and these mm. 
you know, vacuum cleaner with the, the cordless vacuum cleaner because it makes my life easier. Mm. And I have, you know, the, the wetless mop and, you know, all these gadgets to make my life easier so that I'll still have a clean house. And I buy all the new irons so that maybe ironing is easier. But they still need to get done and you still need to find the time. And then something has to, you have to prioritize. But that's what I like about what you're saying. You prioritize. My mom always taught me the kids are not going to remember how Uh, clean your house was, but they're going to remember when you sat down and you played with them and you sat down and you had a meal together. They're not going to remember how clean the house was Mm -hmm. because that's not a priority for them. The priority is that you sit down with your child and that's even though you go to and then you self-sacrifice because your kid is yes, in bed far, but no. you're doing laundry but this is the difference that's that is a form of discipline for your child as well because you are you are giving the time and showing him and that's where the values come in that no matter how busy you are in life i'm still making time for you and if in my opinion yes that is we lead a very busy life, but you prioritize your child. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. not a lot of parents do prioritize their children. And it might sound bad, but it is the reality. Not everyone priorita- prioritizes their child. And that is that makes a difference in a child's life. I used to cook a lot with him as well when he was younger, when I arrived back from work, because I always basically I've been like at the last... 25, 30 years, just even before he was born, I've been having a, pro- a program every day between four and six or four and a half, six or four and seven, which is the time when normal people cook and, yes. you know, they do everything. So basically when I arrived home, this, there wasn't food because I have to cook it. So he'd come with me and like we'd, we'd peel the carrots and cut them and then and stuff. And at the same time, he used to realize that it takes a while, you mm. know, for the food to come to the table you know you don't just click your finger and Mm -hmm. the food comes to the table but that's something which I never could give him and which I had when I was growing up because my mom she never went to work I used to go home I used to find my plate ready with the orange freshly peeled and the apple you know peeled (laughs) in in, in slices and then you know on the plate and with the orange squeeze and the vitamin c like effervescent like literally oh my word remember those you know i was spoiled rotten and that's something i could never give him because i never had that time you know he never came home and found you know like he finds it in the fridge with cling film he gets it out he puts it in the microwave it's my food at least because I, like I said, yeah. fix the kitchen food and it's in, you know, and then I freeze, <laughs> make lasagna, freeze. Okay, so what, but but these things, I do feel, I wish I was more like my mother in a way because I, she was always there. She was always there. I never remember going home and I don't find her mm-hmm. there. But we are talking about scalability. We're talking about essentially having a set of values, a set of priorities and scaling them to fit the life of which you're leading Mm. and I'm going to kind of I know I can't believe it we're going to be wrapping this show up already but we are coming to the end of this show and and before when I mentioned to you Michelle about scalability we talked about priorities and and what your values are and and how to instill a good outlook for the future and one of your things is traveling and we'll come to you in a second because I'm going to start with Melissa but we we talked about the fact that you love traveling you will love giving your your children an outlook Mm. the positive outlook by traveling with them and whilst that isn't necessarily something that everybody can afford to do or has time to do they can you posted recently about the fact you'd gone to Gargua to see a sunset Mm. and that's just scaling down those values to something that's local and something that's achievable for all families I would have thought again naively thought but So what I want to do is wrap up. I can talk forever with you guys. Your (laughs) ladies are amazing. But I want to start with you, Melissa, because I want to just touch on the values and the, 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 the tools that are most important for you to give to your children for the future and how you do that. I mean, it's definitely no easy task, but I always talk to them about being kind. I think one of the main things for me is to um, teach my faith to my kids as well. And I feel like that's a very important part and that covers a very broad um, aspect of it as well, you know. So every night I will sit down with them and say their prayers and stuff read the Bible to them because that's what's important to me. So I feel like if I can at least just teach them that and teach them to be kind human beings 
then, I mean, a big job is done already. So to me, that is very important. And do you see that any particular aspect of the life is ever challenging that? How do you deal with the challenge? How do you deal with that, making sure that you have that time when it gets really busy, when Savannah doesn't want to give up her iPad and all the rest of it? How, how do you deal with that? Um, it's not easy. I mean, many times I would say, please put on your iPad now. And now it's time for us to, you know, get into bed, read the Bible. I don't want to read that now. I want to, you know, have more iPad. So, I mean, sometimes it's also just give and take, you know, sometimes you have to kind of just be like, okay, you know what, like, let's just close our eyes and let's sleep now. Um, but if you are consistent, at least, I think that's the most important. Mm. Cool. So. I love that. Coming to you, obviously traveling, you're the wandering four. Traveling is a really big part of that. What what are the what are the tools that you're giving your kids for the future by making sure that you travel and see other cultures? And how can somebody in Malta who doesn't have the budget or the time to travel, how can they convey the same thing? Well, traveling for us is a time. It's a, a time, free time to spend as a family. Um, we work a lot. We work hard. For to be able to travel but when we are traveling we are together as a family now it doesn't mean to spend time as a family you have to travel and that takes us to sunset in Gargur we, we carve out time because if you, if you look for time you're never going to find time you have to make time for your family so we make time whether we're traveling which is a big part of making family time or at home go watch the sunset, go for a walk together, make time together. And in that time that you are together, you are talking, you are getting to know your son, your daughter on a one-on-one -on -one level, regardless of what's happening around homework, work, whatever it is, you're just there walking and enjoying the time. Now, whether you're doing it in a jungle somewhere or in Gargu with your with your family you are making that time and as Melissa said values your faith it helps I think the values come from the faith that you have as well so that helps as well but you have to make it your own and always I always remember that what works for my family doesn't necessarily work for others but if this is working for us then we're going to keep doing it to you Steph I'm going to say again, you're the one with the most experience here. Yeah, it goes again. Diplomatically. <laughs> she keeps rubbing it in the very end. The most experience, I said. Uh. I the most experience. Is this something that you chose to do through the life of your son? Are you really happy with the way that he looks at life and he looks at the future and his outlook? Oh, sometimes I think, I, I, because he's seen me... Um, I tend to be a bit soft, okay? Like if anyone asks for help, I go out of my way to help. I, try, I, I feel I, I've gone out of my way to, to cry with people. I've got, and he obviously, since he's always with me, he's lived all these experiences. And there were times when he saw me being hurt because of these situations. Now, he keeps telling me, oh, you're a softie. He tells me, tells me I'm a softie. But yet he's as soft as I am. And that worries me and that scares me. Because in today's world, mm. I don't think a boy especially should be that soft. Because he doesn't have the malice, you know. He doesn't have the, the bad. I don't know. Sometimes I'm scared that he might not be equipped enough for, for the world. I'm scared that he'll get hurt. I think that, that's what scares me most. I think that he'll get hurt. Okay. Well, we talked about turning negative into a positive mm. so if that's what scares you no i try what to are you it. most proud of what are you oh, what are you because so he's, optimistic he's a darling about? he's he's a he's, he's a good boy he's he's a kind he's a very very kind sweet and thoughtful thoughtful you can't imagine how thoughtful he is you have no idea i'll just tell you this i know we're running out of time when he was about seven or eight um, my son loves to eat, okay? You don't joke around with his food. You don't fool around with his food. He loves to eat. And as a, as a reward, his teacher, when he was at school, this is primary school, she gave him three gummy bears as a reward. And this was around nine in the morning. So he kept one of these gummy bears for me to come back home when he came back home. So this gummy bear fell on the floor 
in the playground. Um, oh I mean, it was it was one of those gummy bears with the with the sugar, sugar. coated. So basically, by the time it came home, it was grayish black instead of white. And he comes home and he goes, "Mommy, look, I got this for you." This oh, was when he was seven. Eat it! I knew you were gonna say that. And I had to eat it because obviously he car- can. you imagine he gets three and he keeps one for his mommy? Throughout this, I mean, this was when he was seven. He goes out, he sees, for example, he knows I like prenulata. He comes home, I got you a piece of prenulata. Oh no, he hears me say I like, because I love butterflies. He sees a butterfly, he, he gets me a butterfly, not real butterflies, like a, a, a small statue of a butterfly. These small things. He is extremely thoughtful. And that is something I, I not because of the rewards, of the monetary rewards, or, mm. you know, not because of, because of the fact that, I mean, I'm his old mummy, and yet he thinks of mm. me all the time. Yeah, I think that's the most. I, I think that's such a beautiful story yeah. to finish with. And I think you ladies, are, you know, what a great example. What a great mentor in Steph, particularly for you, Melissa, because yes. you've got challenges yeah. coming. There were days when I, I used to tell him I'm going to buy one of those fe- ceiling fans, you know, the ones that yes. go around, stick you to it. and stick. <laughs> So just just in case I made it sound all rosy, please, <laughs> please. We all have those moments where you're like the ideal parent, but then comes a time where you yeah, I used to, I used to tell him, I'm going to go and buy this fan just for you to know you know a ceiling fan that might sound funny which obviously I'll never do but, of course yeah. but he's too heavy I can't even carry him up man is going yeah go do it yeah, that sounds like a great idea listen Wee. ladies thank you so so much I, I, I can't believe we've come to the end of this show so many important things have been said and I'm absolutely thrilled and I'm absolutely certain we're going to do this again yes but thank you for now thank you very <laughs> much to you Steph thank you Melissa thank you, and thank you so thank much you very much me. thank, thank you. you it was really enjoyable